Blog Talk Radio. Right here on Never Had It So Good. Where are they now? A look back at the athlete's journey. A walk down memory lane all the way up to the present. A discussion about teammates, impact coaches, competition, and how their team prepared them for real life. We groove with it all. Host David Riley, Tim Moore, and Princess Cooper. Live on www.neverhaditsogoodsportsradio.com. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. It is time for Never Had It So Good. Where are they now? And we're excited to get Mr. Chester Nichols in here. Coach, we'll get him in here in in just a moment. But let me welcome in my co-host, Duck Riley, and also Tim Moore. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing fine, Princess. I got to catch my breath, Preston. You you put my song going. I was was rope back to the seat. <laughs> That's your error right there, isn't it, Coach? Oh yeah. <laughs> Tim Moore. Now you heard me get off radio last night and say, Go Gators and they went. They never showed up. I've never seen two high scoring baseball games like that in the College World Series. But um at the end L S U was uh chanting and not my Gators. Tim Moore, you didn't check on me. You didn't check on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I figured I figured I would just leave that one alone because I mean they they curb stomped LSU the night before, oh, and then, and then they, got stomped, oh, and then got stomped last night. So it was it was shocking to me too. Yeah, twenty four to four one night, and then they lose eighteen to four in the rubber game. So I guess I'll just have to move on and then save all the rest of my hurt for football season. It's it's destined to come <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You, you, you definitely going to have some here. <laughs> See, I knew that was coming. So, Duck, would you like to make a wager now before we get Coach Nichols in here? You know, who wins the most games this year, the Gators uh, or the Mountaineers? Would you, 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 would you like to discuss that? Hey, Princess, you can't get me on a fool's bet because – first of all, <laughs> we got we got to get a coach. We got to get somebody that got, got the puff. Of, of what's going on in Mountain. We need Trump. We need Trump in our coach. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah. This is taking a turn for the worst. Let's go ahead and get Coach Nichols in here and bring it back to center. Coach Nichols, how are you, sir? Hey, y'all got my side hurting over here. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all talking about them Gators and the Mountaineers. I mean, I spent 12 years in Morgantown and grew up 30 minutes down the road from Gainesville. So, Man. Wait a minute, hold up, hold up. We're 30 minutes down the road in Gainesville. I'm born and raised there. I grew up in Ocala. Oh, wow. I grew up in Archer, Florida. How about that? Is that right? As a matter of fact, I'm a Williston High School graduate. So please oh, tell me you're not a Newberry High School graduate. I'm a Newberry High School graduate. You can go ahead and get off the show. We're not doing this show tonight. <laughs> is, is but that you a can rival? go ahead and sit down. Is that a rival? <laughs> It's a rivalry. We fought all the time. All the time. <laughs> oh wow! See, uh-uh. Chester, you didn't tell me that, Chester. <laughs> Man, now you ain't tell me that. I think you set me up, Duck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> 
Well, let's go ahead and get started anyway, you know. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Duck and Tim, (laughs) that's awesome right there. Uh, All right, uh, Chelsea, you gave us a a brief synopsis of of yourself, but let's let's talk about a little bit about growing up in Florida and kind of how you got started, you know, what sports were you playing, and then did you see yourself ever coaching? You know what, I – I said all the time, I've had an interesting journey, and by the grace of God, I mean, how I got to this point, I still have to pinch myself because where most people, they normally start out at an SIU when you get into college basketball. You know, you work your way up from the low to mid-major and work your way into the power five. But at 25 years old, um, I was fortunate to get hired at West Virginia. It's not the West Virginia it is today. But um, we, we were dead last in the Big East, as you know it, and we were recruiting kids in South Jersey. And, um, you know, it was it was a battle because you sit right right between ACC and Big Ten country, and we had to rebuild that thing from the bottom up. And, and with hard work, and I'm just giving you the short version of it because, again, I, I'll always be grateful for Mike Carey, um, the former head coach there at that time. He had a 25-year-old country bumpkin to come in, and that's when the Big East was the big big beast. I mean, they you had about four or five teams in the Sweet Sweet Sixteen year in and year out when we started, and uh, within within three years we played for the school's first Big East championship. So, like, like I said, my journey my journey hasn't been like most because I worked a bunch of basketball camps. Um, I did not play basketball, and you know I got a chance to network and. That was just a bunch of hoop junkies, and I just got connected and happened to be in the right place at the right time. Okay, you, you brought up uh, some some great points, uh, but for the listeners, are you which, are you coaching men or women basketball? I, I'm coaching women's basketball, but I actually started out coaching boys basketball at Greenville High School, and then I moved back home and started out at Vanguard High School under a Hall of Fame coach by the name of Jim Haley. Who's no longer with us, but that's where I got exposed to elite basketball, and I, I could talk about him for the next hour by himself, just on some of the things that we did and how we promoted and marketed. And this is like pre-internet, so you know you had to get out there and go shake hands and meet people and make contacts the old traditional way. Oh wow! Okay, um, I don't know if uh, Precious remember that name or not, uh, Precious. You remember Coach Haley? Precious still uh, there? No, she she probably got a phone on mute. But anyway, okay, okay, now you and so when did when did the coaching bug hit you? You know what? Believe it or not, um, the coaching bug hit me. I mean, right out of college because once I I actually played college football, and once I realized that hey, you know that whole thing about getting going to the next level playing professionally, you know, um reality hit, and you had to make some decisions. And um, like I said, I just had a whole lot of fun. I I was single at the time, didn't have a whole lot of responsibility, and I could take high risk. Um, I could take some take some positions where they were restricted earnings. You weren't making big money at the time. You just wanted to get your foot in the door and prove yourself. Um, and like I said, I started out as a high school coach for five years, um, coached at the junior college for a year, and then, um, like I said, I spent a lot of – a lot of time on the University of Florida campus during my summers in school, got a chance to meet a guy by the name of Brett McCormick, 
who was over All Star Girls Report, and Donnie Jones, who's now um, the head coach at Stetson University in D-Land. He worked for Billy Donovan for, for 20 years as well. So both of those guys were from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and those guys knew Mike Carey, and that's how I got connected for that position. So that that's the short of that that story right there. Okay, how about some of the places that you've been so far as far as coaching? Like I, that, when I say it's been a fun journey, it, it has been because um, I spent the first seven years at West Virginia, and during that time, I my mom ended up having a medical had a medical um emergency, she had to have a hip replacement, and I ended up going to UCF for a year. I, I really contemplated not even coaching because I got so deep into it, and to be quite honest, I I got so lost in the sauce that my priorities were out of whack, and um, I ended up moving back home, and it just so happened that Joy Williams had a position open at UCF, and I ended up taking a position at UCF where, again, hour 15 minutes up the road, it's a great opportunity to enjoy the best of both worlds. Um, and, again, once I got, got home situated, um, I get another opportunity to go out, go out to the University of Kansas. And, um, you know, you're talking about two opposite ends of the spectrum. You're talking about the, the basketball mecca of the world. And um, to go out to, go to the University of Kansas and work at Allen Fieldhouse, people, um, they put that on their bucket list just to go there one time. I was able to call it home for two years. So, I mean, I, obviously we, we get there and we um, we get the thing back on track and we end up going to back-to-back Sweet 16s. And after that, um, I spent two seasons there to end up going to the University of Michigan. So, and it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, again, they left us in a good situation, but we still had to reload and, and put our own stamp on it. And I'll give you a short version of that as well. We ended up going to the NCAA tournament, and one of the first kids I signed was a kid from Los Angeles, and she ended up leaving the um, all-time assist leader and all-time game started. And I think she still may have the freshman record for three-point shots made for a freshman. And as, as I go around the Mulberry Bush, I've spent those two seasons back at University of Michigan. I find myself right back in Morgantown to take the associate head coaching position. Now, where are you now, Coach? I'm at Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Okay. All right, I'm going to turn you over to Tim, uh, Tim uh, Coach Nichols. Coach Nichols, uh, welcome to the show. Glad to have the opportunity to, to hear your story. And uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm a little bit familiar with uh, Carbondale, Illinois. A good friend of mine from exactly. college is a professor out there at the law school. So, uh, All right. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's good country out there, but uh, you yes, talked about your years at West Virginia University and how you were in the uh, Big East, but you were between the Big Ten and uh, and uh, the ACC. Uh, there in Carbondale, you're sort of in the shadow of the Big Ten and the SEC. Correct. Uh, with uh, Illinois to your north, and then you've got uh, uh, the big SEC uh, 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 powers to your south in Tennessee and Kentucky. How difficult is it recruiting uh, to uh, Southern Illinois in that, uh, in that area? Now, now, had you asked me that 20 years ago, 
I would have told you really, really difficult. But at you know, twenty four years of doing this now, um, you know, making contacts really hadn't been a struggle because I, I said jokingly, everything in between I five and ninety five, I've probably been there. And if y'all got a Popeyes and a Waffle House, I've been there, or been through there. So, no, it's been fun because again, a lot, a lot of times when you um, when you just beat the bushes and pound the pavement, you're gonna have relationships that are pop up when you when you don't even least expect it. So. Um, again, you work your tail off, man. I mean, luck, luck is going to find you a little bit. So I, I've been fortunate mm-hmm. with that. So um, I, I don't think it's I – would, I wouldn't say difficult, but it, it, it's got its challenges. But I, mm-hmm. difficult is not one of them. Yeah, as you, um, as you uh, are out on the recruiting trail, um, you've got uh, Southern Illinois, which has a tremendous football tradition there in the um, uh, FCS level. And yes. uh, and now um, you know you know it's the uh, alma mater of Walt Frazier, Clyde Frazier. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. How how um, are you able to trade on that legacy of the program there? And are the kids in in that region uh, already somewhat familiar when you when you knock on their door? Absolutely. And I mean, it's it's interesting that you um, bring up Walt Frazier and whether he talks about Chris Carr or, and those other guys that you're talking about, but. Our women's basketball, they, they have a history as well. As recent as um, 2022, when we came in, they were defending conference champs when we got here. So, I mean, there's a rich, rich tradition. I mean, long before the NCAA tournament took off like it did 30 years ago, the, the NIT was a big deal. And during the yep. NIT, Missouri, Missouri Valley Conference, they made noise. They made a lot of noise. And SIU happened to be one of those schools. Mm-hmm. In the uh, women's basketball, um, the um, I remember a couple of years ago there were Final Four rumblings uh, coming out of the venue that they were not treated uh, with the same kind of respect that the men were treated with. Uh, it seemed like this year's Final Four, well, actually the the the, the uh, Elite Eight and Final Four seemed to be very well attended and uh, right. some very competitive uh, uh, basketball uh, that was very fran- fan friendly. Um, on the horizon, uh, how do you how do you see women's basketball progressing? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the last three years they they've broken records, you know, by the masses, and um, you know, the more visibility that you gain, I mean, you know, it's it's an advantage, it's an advantage and a disadvantage. And just like anything, if it's not managed the way you need need to, it can get a negative connotation. But again, these these last, I think three, maybe four Final Fours, they continue to break records. And you know, whether it be TV, whether it be the venues, I mean, they are they are setting records by the numbers. And to be quite honest, some of the men's coaches will tell you our game is about as pure as it gets. Um, no, we're not above the rim like the men's game, but in terms of fundamentals and skills, I mean, it's just as entertaining. It's just mm-hmm. as entertaining. Coach, uh, uh, Belmont's not very far from you all over there in Nashville, and I know they made not a tremendous run uh, last year. Um, uh, are you all in direct competition with them for for uh, for players? Oh, God. Uh, you know what? This past season, I don't think so. But again, we we end up playing Belmont at their place first game. But you only played them once, but we played them at their place, and I mean, we got thumped a little bit. 
and then we get them in the semifinals and we end up losing by three. And oh, wow. um, it, it just goes it goes to tell you because again, you know, you get a team like Murray State, mm-hmm. and we played we played Murray State in January, and probably three weeks before we played them, they knocked off the University of Kentucky at Kentucky. So <laughs> it tells you the, the quality of our competition. So it, it's I mean, when I tell you that this league is competitive, and I'm, I'm not even talking about from a talent standpoint, but the coaching in this league, top to bottom, and I say this without hesitation, the coaching in our league is probably just as good as any Power 5 school in the country. Oh, and I can say that fun. because, again, when I was in the Big Ten, when I was in the Big East, you know, at the end of the day, we had some Hall of Fame coaches that we went against, but and I won't call names, but I'll just say this right here. They won off pure talent, and it wasn't about a strategy. I'll say that. Okay. Uh, Doug? Yeah, I want I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about how much has the NIL affected you guys? It's a good question right there. It's, it's new territory for all coaches because when we got in, when we got in this game, um, and I'm, I'm speaking for the, the coaches 20 years or more, we got into this game. Again, we're pre-internet. There was no social media to influence. Um, the visibility that we got, it was basically from pure pure performance. And, you know, there, there's advantages and disadvantages, but a lot of times um, what people don't see Let's just talk about the disadvantages of it because there's a lot of great advantages for the NIL, but from a coaching standpoint, some of the disadvantages from the NIL, you know, just let's take the locker room because when you get the you get the backup quarterback who happens to be country and he sees the Heisman Trophy candidate getting a deal five times as much as he getting, you know, you think that's, that's going to tear your locker room up? And then from a recruiting standpoint, you got to prioritize earning money over your quality academics or quality of academics, so to speak, because you got to recruit them to play, and now you got to recruit them to stay because if you're not talking to your kids and you're not connected with them, someone else is. And you can come to a place like SIU for three years, and you got somebody in your ear like, hey, won't you, won't you come to Champaign? Or won't you come to West Lafayette? You can make five times much, and that's what we're dealing with. And, and, and the other portion of that, Duck, not only that, you take the – let's just take the education portion of it because, again, at 18, 19, 20 years old, you give me that type of money, I'm going to be a fool. And no one has educated our people about tax returns. We ain't talking to them about unions. We ain't talking to them about financial literacy. And when I say we, I'm just talking about overall general. But it's so much in that because, again, there's a lot of disadvantages, but also the advantages, I mean, these kids are going to gain more visibility than ever. They get to brand themselves. They're going to set themselves for life. Um, or let's take the kid that's – because it doesn't apply just to Division One. I. I mean, D2, D3, again – for that kid that that's dependent on certain money, that provides financial assistance for them to get their tuition paid for. So again, I, I'm not believe me, I'm not 
anti-NIL at all. Um, it, it, it can relieve that emotional stress from a family that can't afford it. They can't. They wonder how they're gonna get to the next check. Now, you, you're bringing up some great uh, information, especially for parents that are out there listening. But I want to know how, when you're going to the parents' home, how how do you sell them on Southern Illinois and talking to them about hoping that their kid is going to, and I say hope, that their kid is going to stay there for four years and get their education because we know I don't know how they're getting their education when they're constantly in the portal. It's interesting that we're on the phone and during my time at Morgantown, and Doug knows who I'm talking about. We had a guy by the name of Garrett Ford, um, integrated, correct me if I'm wrong, integrated football during the time back in Morgantown. And one of the, time, one of the things he used to always tell me, um, you know, you start talking to these parents, you know, you talk about time translating into trust. And um, he always said, don't, don't you ever overpromise and underdeliver. And that always stuck with me. And it was all, every time we, we had those conversations, it was like talking to your grandfather because <laughs> he, he made it real clear, you know, you know, when you decide, ain't, ain't no wrong, right or wrong way, ain't no right or wrong choice, just make sure you're informed and you, you're making the right decisions for yourself because you got to live with these consequences. That sounds familiar, Duck? Without a doubt. <laughs> so uh, that, that's the best way I can answer that. Because, again, Coach Ford had a lot of nuggets down there. And um, that, that was one of the things that he told me all the time. He said, man, I know you're getting them here. But he said, don't you forget that. You know, that's, and, and, again, when I, I hear people say sell. I, I, I don't sell nothing. I don't. I try to be as authentic and I try to be transparent. You know, we want you, but we don't need you. But at the end of the day, just understand why you come to school. Okay. Uh, Tim, last question for Coach. Um, I think Coach has covered pretty much the, the, the landscape for me pretty well. Uh, all I have to say is, uh, you know, we'll be watching the Salukis this coming year to see how you all uh, fare in the uh, during the basketball season. Well, I want to know so if uh, – Oh, since Tim don't have a question, I want to know if, uh, Chester, you went shopping with Walt Frazier. No, not at all. I wish, man. I wish. Hey, I'd make some money off Walt Frazier. (laughs) (laughs) And Princess, though, Walt be dressing sometimes. Walt be wearing. Yeah. Like I said, I, I never saw any live college footage. But if you look at if you look around on our walls, man, the brother was ice cold. I mean, he is <laughs> everywhere around here. Wow. Well, before Princess ends it for us, uh, last question is: with the parents out there, with this way recruiting is going, what advice would you give to any of the parents that are listening to you right now? That's a great question because I, I I said all the time, the real the real danger with the success or lack of success with the um, the young people is the attitude of the parents. I mean, we we, we sit there and say the kids have changed. No, they hadn't. I mean, the things in their lives have changed, and, and the, the the behavior and the habits and the things that they model 
Like the the, the mere fact that I, I hear this thing about gentle parenting, and and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but you know my mama wasn't no dentist, but she'll snatch your teeth out. And <laughs> when I tell you this, hey man, it, it's okay to tell your kids no. It's okay to let your kids fail, but don't send them off to school with that mindset. I don't know if I answered your question or not, but that's good. I <laughs> Coach Nichols, I wanted to ask about um, do you handle or give advice on social media with your student athletes, or is there a department I, that really handles that? I, I do. Um, believe it or not, that's I put a huge premium on a kid's um, social media. If, if I'm unsure about a kid and they're sitting right on the fence, I'll go to social media right after I go to the transcript because I need to know. Because again, you when you recruit a kid, you're recruiting their problems. It's a it's mm-hmm. no different than dating. I I would tell any young couple that they're date that's dating, and if you're serious and thinking about getting married, I'm like, do not get on one knee and propose until you go <laughs> meet their family. Go go to family reunion, go to Thanksgiving dinner, go to Christmas dinner, and get as much information as you can. Because once you, once you go to that family reunion, you're going to find out what you're marrying and then multiply that <laughs> times five. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Last question. Um, the, the transfer portal in recruiting, has it, um, you know, changed your approach to your recruiting process? I would assume so. Not, believe it or not, not at all. Um, and Doug will tell you during my time at West Virginia, we um, we played for five championships, one, two of them, and not one time during my time at West Virginia did we have a McDonald's All-American. Um, and but to answer your question about the portal, I don't see it. I don't see the glass half empty. I still look at it as half full. If you can identify your needs on what you need year in and year out, it, it can be. It's it's made the NCAA tournament the last three years fun to watch. Um, you don't you don't have your blue bloods going in there beating each other down like, like you do year in and year out. You're getting some quality games. I mean, no no one thought you'd see Florida Atlantic and San Diego State in the Final Four. There you go. Wow. Wow, for sure. So the last thing is I was talking to my, Reverend Robinson is listening, um, my husband, and he said that if you're from, from Ocala and went to Williston High, you – you know about Bleaston and, and, and you, Zuba, I think you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I ain't going to put it out there on the air, but yes, ma'am, I do know about Bleaston. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear him in that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let hey, him in, Duck. But, I'm not going to open up his mic. <laughs> but, but you know what? Hey, it, and it's funny that we sit there. And we're talking about NIL, and, and Duck, you probably don't know this right here. One of the coldest receivers to ever come out of Central Florida was a guy by the name of Ricky Natil. And <laughs> one of my favorite stories I talk about Ricky Natil, my son and I were going, we were flying up to Ann Arbor, and I'm sitting there at Starbucks, and he's in a suit, and everybody looking at him like, oh, my, who's that? And I, I'm like a little kid who just saw Michael Jordan. I was like, man, that's Ricky Latell. And they're looking at me like, okay, who's he? I'm like, I ain't got time to explain that. I just want me a picture and an autograph. 
But you know, but that's, that's right down there in that you area. Better, you better believe it. You better yes, believe sir. It. Yes, sir. Well, it was nice having you on, Coach Nichols. We got to get you back for sure. Yes, ma'am. Anytime. Anytime. Awesome, awesome. All right, Duck, um, we're going to get out of the way here for our Father's Day, last segment of our Father's Day. Um, dads who have high school recruits, Coach Nichols, thank you. Um, enjoy hey, the rest Father's of your week. Day. Happy Father's Day, Coach Nichols. Thank, hey, thank you very much. Same to you. All right, and go Gators, Coach Nichols. I know you, you're a secret. Good. Yeah, go Gators, okay. Coach <laughs> Nichols. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Never had a subject. Right. We'll get out of the way here for a celebration. Have a great evening. You too. Thank you.